money, dude. Okay. I'm broke, man. Okay. My life I, sucks. I understand that. You're making well, it worse. You're not nice. You're not cordial. That's shocking. We'll do it live. Yeah, 220, 221, whatever it takes. Oh, that is cool. This is where the fun begins. This is the Brian Suits Show. Everybody got a Bruno Tatalia cancels out what they did to my dad. That's it. That's the discussion. That's that. That's all I got to say about it. James Conn right there. AM Sun Sunday KTTH. Uh, Brian Suits here with producer Greg here on an actual Friday. We'll get to the administration's super secret plan to fight inflation. Uh, and a uh, bolo, um, a man just uh, walked into someone that turns out he, he, he'd known for 20 years. Guy in Ferndale uh, murdered yesterday by uh, apparently an associate of, of a long time. Um, police haven't found him yet. We'll uh, get to that. Uh, and uh, a, a symptom of the car theft epidemic in uh, Pierce County uh, on full display uh, yesterday. Two teens also under arrest for the... Uh, homicide of the 14-year-old girl, the shooting of the 14-year-old girl two days ago. Uh, back in a second, AM 770, KTTH, Brian Suits here. Let's get you to work with our right-way traffic. What's up, Bruno Tatali? It's part of the deal. Bruno cancels out what they did to my father. Something we ought to hear what they have to say. No, 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 no more. Not this time, Consigliere. No more meetings, no more discussions, no more Salazzo tricks. You give him one message, I want Salazzo. Matt, it's all out war. We go to the Some back. of the other families won't sit still. They hand me Salazzo. Your father wouldn't want to hear this. This is business, not personal. They shot my father. Even the shooting of your father was business, not personal, Sonny. Oh, I just want to call in sick right now and go, we'll finish out the movie. So good. And uh, James Conn, not even an Italian. He had, to, he had his, his hands and arms had a good acting class. <laughs> really? It's a fun fact. That's a fact. It's a fun fact. Um, so... But I, I think he grew up in New York or something, and so he grew up around people that talk with their hands. But uh, so good. So, so good. I haven't seen, uh, by the way, it's Friday morning here. I am 770 KTTH. Uh, Brian Seitzer with the producer Greg. The cable, the limited cable series about the fight to get Godfather even made. Oh, yeah. It stars uh, Miles Teller, and, I think, and, uh, of Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. And no one's heard of him. <laughs> from that, don't say that drumming movie. He's slowly becoming an A-list um, actor. Uh, yeah, I've heard it's really, really good because there was a there was a struggle. The, the, the studios were like, we're not making a movie about the MOB, and and uh, and especially uh, Mario Puzo's The Godfather because it, it 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 the novel itself made a lot of mafiosi nervous, and so there was a negotiation with the mob, and that was one of the, one of the conditions. Uh, by the way. Is as they said, don't say mafia in the movie. What did he say? I think there was well, real. Have to suffer, all right. And listen, do me a favor, Tom. <laughs> no more advice on how to patch things up. Just help me win, please. All right. Oh, then he insults him about the consigliere that uh, Dad had. Dad had a wartime consigliere. Consigliere, look what I got. Oh, to the bone. You think we can get away with just playing the unedited version of Godfather throughout the 7 a.m. hour here? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no one's going to complain. Um, There's no rules anymore. So good. And and uh, also, you know, keep in mind, the clothes they're wearing are period clothes from, from the, the mid-late 40s. It was not what people were wearing in 1972. Didn't they have real mafia members in the film at don't, some points uh, as well? Don't say about that. 
What do I say? Mafiosa? Um, the the organization, the mob, the, the family, the boys, <laughs> you know, the and all that. But uh, you don't you don't say that was one of the conditions. He said, uh, "Don't say mafia," which is an acronym. Many people don't know that. Anyway, James Conn dad, and and uh, you know, and if you only make one movie in your life, and it's as Sonny Corleone, you know, you're doing pretty good. That's a, a pretty damn uh, a good. Uh, Did you like him in Elf? I don't you know, honestly. Uh, I dislike Will. What's his name so badly? I've, oh, really? I, I know I've seen Elf. I don't remember him in Elf. He's the dad of Will Ferrell in Elf. Yeah, the biological father. Don't believe you. He has no sense of humor in the movie, and he plays it off well. It, it's one of the more modern roles that he's known Can for. Can you put together a highlight reel where I don't have to put up with Will Ferrell? Uh, an let's elf. see here. It, it, but it's so funny. It's a little complicated, but it's nothing Honey. that we can't handle. What? He thinks he's an elf. I'm sorry, what? He thinks he's a Christmas elf. Oh, come on, Mother. I'm sure he doesn't actually think he's an elf. No, but he does, actually. Speaking of life imitating art, here's uh, White House <laughs> comedian uh, Karine Jean-Pierre uh, yesterday saying, you know, oh, uh, by the way, the unemployment rate in the United States has uh, held <clears throat> to three at uh, 3.6% in June. Uh, and that means that we're not going to be seeing inflation with high unemployment. So a lot of employed people can continue going out chasing after stuff that is in short supply. Uh, talk of recessions everywhere, according to the Washington Post. Inflation is at 40-year highs. The stock market is spiraling. Consumer sentiment has tanked to an all-time low. And that that is uh, uh, confidence in the economy is a immeasurable, except that you can measure it. And uh, it that's scary, too. And then also, you know who else had a bad day? Jeff Bezos had a bad day. You know that, have a bad day? You know that? You know, you know that? Yeah. <laughs> And and this is with Seattle workday wages at thirty one percent higher than that the national average. I imagine I'm talking to most of the rest of you. You know when you build a yacht in Holland and it's really really big, and they have to actually modify or take down a bridge so you can take it out to sea. You know that deal. As a regular occurrence in the Tomlin household. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, the uh, whatever it is, the city of uh, Rotterdam says, "Screw you, we're not taking the bridge down for your yacht." You know, why don't you put a bunch of ballast in it or submerge it or, you know, whatever. But we're not modifying a 95-year-old bridge <clears throat> so that um, overnight delivery magnet uh, Jeffrey Bezos can can get his yacht uh, out, out to the channel, out to the Atlantic Ocean. Sorry. And Bezos was reached for comment, and he said, And I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. No, he said, uh, hey, Holland, good luck getting your overnight dog toys for the next month. <laughs> good luck on that. Your, uh, your 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 constant delivery of man diapers. Uh, that's all. That's done. You're gonna have to go to Belgium for him. But I'm putting putting the kibosh. I'm I'm ghosting Holland. Amazon ghosts Holland. He he could do that. Well, there's Bezos there. Um, the that's by the way from the same scene uh, that I was just playing. The the ar- the argument between uh, Robert Duvall, Bobby Duvall as Tom Hagen and uh, Sonny Corleone. So anyway, the effect on uh, on inflation is a little unclear, except that uh, at least we're not dealing with un- uh, unemployment has an effect uh, effect on inflation. People stop spending money, though. Though, you know, I got to tell you, I think if the pandemic has another second order effect, it's the idea that you cannot work and get free money from the government, because that is kind of what was what, what drove inflation was just printing money and giving people checks to stay at home. 
And so the idea that you might be laid off and many, many of you, uh, many of you laptop Americans, when when uh, people start looking around at, well, what can I cut? And when, all of a sudden, when Hulu doesn't need 300 people making 110,000 bucks to sit in their pool with a laptop and monitor user experience, um, then all, all of a sudden uh, DoorDash has to start laying off people and Grubhub and, and uh, the whole thing. Um, but that's, you know, that's that's coming. But uh, it, it's it's all right, though, because the... The administration has a plan. The Republicans say they just want to take your rights. They don't have a plan for inflation. But again, we understand what the American people are feeling. We're doing everything that we can. We have a plan. Here's the thing. We have a plan. Republicans do not have a plan. What they want to do is take away rights uh, from the American people. It's, well, that's the plan. Where is this super secret plan? They're, you know, they're working to take away your right to buy stuff. That's what Republicans want to do. No, Republicans have been saying all along and said to Trump. Inflation is a function of the money supply. And uh, and and here's a guy, uh, Joe Biden, without a day in the private sector. And of, of course he doesn't know that. And here's Kareem Jean-Pierre, probably without, uh, besides a, a few months at uh, MSNBC, where they paid her because she, she was a box checker and, and all that. She checked the boxes. And so I, I don't know what to say, except there's no secret to controlling inflation. Later on this month, the Fed is going to follow what they did last month. They're going to raise the interest rates again. It might be too little too late. It's not going to be a full percent. It'll be like uh, three quarters of a, of a percent, 0.75. Um, and uh, that's what you have to do is make the price of money more expensive. And and so that's what's what's curious. I didn't never get to the story yesterday, but the, the pri- price of houses in the Seattle area, and that's, that's an indicator. It's a bit of a lag. That's, a, that's the ultimate high-end purchase, unless, of course, you're... <laughs> Your yacht won't make it under the bridge in Rotterdam, and, uh, and but the demand for houses is going down. So are people uh, holding off on that purchase? It would appear so. Or has everybody who is going to move to Seattle already done it? Um, the fine folks over at townhall.com picked up on this soundbite from White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre where she says, well, we have a plan for inflation. We have a plan for inflation. And someone over there at the website recalled a scene from the TV show The West Wing to highlight the fact that sometimes life imitates art. Uh, long story short, you're going to be reading a bit today about your secret plan to fight inflation. I have a secret plan to fight inflation? No. Why am I going to be reading that I do? It was suggested in the press room that you did. By who? By me. You told the press I have a secret plan to fight inflation? No, I did not. Let me be absolutely clear. I did not do that. Except, yes, I did that. A little too close to home? No, I'd sork it. I never saw the West Wing. If the West Wing sounded like this, I would have memorized every episode. This This is business, not personal. They shot my father. He was the shooting of your father was business, not personal, Sonny. Well, then business will have to suffer, all right? Hey, listen, do me a favor, Tom. No more advice on how to patch things up. Just help me win, please, all right? Just help me win. That's all I'm asking. Help me win. Says so, yeah, The oldest son always is the one who should take over, said Saddam Hussein and uh, and Assad's dad. Uh, anyway, uh, back in a second, AM770 KTGH uh, with uh, know-it-all, some mayhem across the sound uh, over the sound region over the last 24 hours. Uh, we'll get to it right after this on uh, AM770 KTGH. We'll just get you to work with our right-way traffic. I want it all, and I want it now. 
first thing. Hey, what town says, man, I wish I was in Oakland? Uh, Tacoma does, uh, with uh, 25 homicides. And then we're going to see how a car accident that's being uh, classified as a vehicular homicide is going to be classified. But uh, AM770 KTTH here on a Friday. Brian Suits uh, and producer Greg. This is knowing all your chance to win your Friday. Uh, two teens in custody for suspected in the uh, shooting of a 14-year-old girl in uh, Tacoma two days ago. Now at 11th Street, violence shatters a family in Tacoma. Tonight, the community marched for peace to honor a 14-year-old girl shot dead as she rode in a car with friends. In the past several hours, police arrested two teenage boys and booked them for murder. Family and friends of the girl are angry, and they want answers about increasing gun violence as Tacoma marks 25 homicides. And then there's, uh, you know, scenes of, of a vigil and friends of the 14-year-old girl and uh, the, the and family, and, and guess what? People are pissed, and you need to be pissed. Um, the, the teens were booked as teens. So there's there's that. Um, meanwhile, in, uh, in Parkland yesterday, two teenage boys and a teenage girl uh, carjack a vehicle, get in an accident. Uh, one of the boys had to be extracted, is in, in the hospital. Uh, the other, the other boy and the teenage girl with a uh, with a handgun, by, by a pink. I will say this: it was pink. It was. Uh, I'm not not sure if it was a ghost gun or just a stolen gun, uh, but it was a little little pink, uh, possibly a the little Beretta 380. Not not quite sure, but it was pink, a little pink handgun, and they were both booked into these uh, Pierce County Juvenile Hall for possession of stolen vehicle now here, here's the thing they were seen carjacking the carjacking means by force they took it from the driver and so there's somebody that can place them doing you know committing that act uh now carjacking at 17 or 16 uh wild stab they're going to be out on bail at 9 a.m today uh, and well they'll be in front of a judge at 9 a.m then he'll set bail at like three Tootsie Pops and a monster high school action figure or whatever. Uh, and this is why, by the way, car, a lot of car theft. Remember last weekend, there was the 43 stolen car uh, escapade uh, in Tacoma. And, and many, many times they use teenagers because uh, they'll be back by the end of the day. If they get arrested, they'll be kicked back out at, at the end of the day. So including teenagers with guns. So. Uh, that uh, that happened. Uh, Second I, thing, I'm combining two things in one thing there. Oh, okay. You want to do a combo? No. This, this will be second thing. Um, Mayhem in Ferndale yesterday. Re- really odd story. There, as of this morning, as of a couple hours ago, um, n- no word on on the lifting of the be on lookout. But there's a rental 2020 Dodge Charger, silver in color, Oregon license plates. Uh, and at the wheel is a man of suspecting of of uh, murdering a, a beloved uh, Ferndale uh, individual yesterday. But apparently, the the killer and the victim go back a while. Underway this morning for this man you're seeing on your screen, Todd D. Anderson. He's wanted for a first degree murder in the shooting of 58 year old Douglas Scoggins. Cairo 7's Briseida Hogan is live in Everett outside of the Snohomish County Sheriff's Office. Briseida, law enforcement across Washington are on high alert. 
That's correct. They say Anderson is armed and dangerous. They say the shooting happened at Doug Scowen's real estate. An employee there talked with Cairo 7 and told us that the two actually knew each other. Anderson worked for Scowen's nearly 20 years ago. That same employee also told us that Anderson was in the office talking with employees there for about 10 minutes as he waited for Scowen's to arrive. Police say Scoggins was shot multiple times they say Anderson left the scene in a rented 2020 Silver Challenger with Oregon plates 553 MJM 553 Mike James Mike so uh there you go it's it's when, when you hear those that backstory it sounds like there's something personal and it's been going on for a long time if they knew each other for 20 years and then the guy waited around like which is called lying in wait waited around for the guy to to arrive so anyway we'll get an update maybe from uh these Snohomish County Sheriff's Department um, Twitter feed and uh, and Ferndale PD as well, but uh, haven't seen anything. You know, on the drive up, I didn't see. Did you see reader boards over the highway? I did not. I pay attention to those mm-hmm. usually, but they, you know, usually they say buzz driving is drunk driving. You know, whatever, and and um, so no no idea, but but uh, we'll get that for you. Um, so that would make it third thing already. Third thing. The Prime Minister of uh, Japan, former Prime Minister of Japan, Shinzo Abe, uh, shot in gun-unfriendly Japan uh, last night. You're going to be hearing, not not that I want to turn anything political here, but I'm going to say odd odd how there's a lot of gun control people are shutting the hell up today. Uh, but uh, a, a man described as a, a 41-year-old former uh, Japanese Navy or Maritime Self-Defense Force member um, with a homemade gun, uh, shot him in the back with what appeared to be a uh, a short barrel shotgun, double barrel sh- shotgun. Uh, this, uh, while Japan had some of the world's world's strictest uh, gun laws, there there were ten shootings last year in uh, in Japan in in twenty twenty one, resulting in one death. Most of the gun violence is in at the hands of the Japanese uh, uh, organized crime called the mafia. I'm sorry, the Yakuza, not not a uh, acronym. Uh, and so anyway, uh, the, the, you know, it's just really weird. It's almost like if someone bent on crime wants to make a weapon, they'll do it, no matter and w- without without laws, in uh, without regard to law. And by the way, uh, this is my obituary for, for former longtime Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. If people in China are celebrating your death, you are a friend of the United States. And Shinzo Abe was most definitely, as, as Japan transitions from 75, 80 years of, uh, of post-war pacifism uh, to recognizing that they now live, again, in a very tough neighborhood, uh, Abe was the guy responsible for that. Uh, so for, for every combat ship Japan builds, it's one less we have to provide in uh, the Western Pacific. So um, back in a second, AM 770 KTTH. Uh, Brian Suits here. Let's get you to work with our ra- right-way traffic. It is a great weekend to uh, avoid a Mariners game. Why? We're on a five-game win streak, Brian. 
with all those future Yankees like Julio Rodriguez. No, 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 no. AM seven seventy KTGH Brian Sitzer with uh, producer Greg. Well, not only is it uh, a a I five maintenance weekend where they're going to pinch I five as it passes by your your key mobile lumen field southbound uh, and and yeah southbound, but there but there's a five twenty closure. And so everything has a second order effect. If everyone goes to ninety, uh, then the then downtown is a disaster and all that. I mean, I would just say get off. On, well, I'd say stay home. Don't go to a Mariners game. But the Mariners put up, I think, at least eight runs last night. The bats have come alive, and we are our record is five hundred, Brian. For the first oh, time reach? since early May. Oh, that's a that's a high bar. And um, the highlight of the evening was a Dylan Moore home run where he got an assist from the outfielder. Out to left field. This is driven back. Guriel feeling for the wall. And he, oh, it's over the fence. It's out of his glove. It's an assist from Guriel and left. Everything going our way. It was an alley oop from the left fielder. The ball hits his glove just short of the wall and bounces out and goes over for a solo home run for Dylan Moore last night. Well, um, glorious. They'll um, another Mariner that will get in pinstripes. Uh, seven ten tonight. And then tomorrow night is a seven ten game, and then a uh, one o'clock Sydney game there. But um, yeah, all all three days today, S- starting tonight. 5.20 is closed. I'm going to like 11 p.m., something like that. So Saturday and Sunday, I I, I declare them, I pre-declare them nightmares. And that's what I'm telling you. Except that I'll say this about Seattle's premier professional sports stadiums. It's easy to offset it by just, if you're going south, just stay on first or stand forth. And just drive through the crap hole. Just embrace <laughs> the suck. And then uh, you can get an I five past the work on the, the whole. Uh, and and I, I I will I will point out and acknowledge to everybody. Revive the five is just beaten to death at this point because you come up from Renton, you pop on at Tuck Willow, right? You get an I five to at, get to the stadium. No, to get to your employment here. Oh, I take I ninety. Uh, oh, okay. So you avoid the expansion joints. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I. I I, I I pity the I, fool that has to do that. I swear to God, they're like a f- foot wide, and <laughs> and I you know I'll sign a waiver. You know, just close the gap. Um, if there's an earthquake, that's why that was my whole thing about the last wave viaduct. Just put up a disclaimer before you. But it says your your choice to drive further north on this viaduct built in circa 1948 releases the state of Washington of any liability if it collapses during an earthquake. Uh, honk, honk if you acknowledge, yeah, whatever, something like that, instead of what they did, the the project that will uh, not go named. So yesterday, did you see all of the news reports about if if there is an earthquake at the Seattle Fault, there'll be a 20-foot wave at the Great Wheel oh, yeah, within story, three minutes? Stories like that come out every three to well, four months. We, we know this. <laughs> yeah. we, we know this. We're in for trouble. It's not like It's not like on the other side of the Pacific. You know, it's not like the the Fukushima, whatever you call it, or earthquake, or the tsunami wave took twelve hours to get here. You know, yes, we know there's a strike slip fault right there, right. It is two miles offshore, and yes, if that happens, you're effed. Okay, wouldn't that be weird to be on the wheel when that came in? 
Yes, very, it, very much so. Because it would wash out the base. You'd have a front row seat. I mean, there's an upside. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I did some research. Turns out the Seattle waterfront is reclaimed from the ocean, from, from Elliott Bay. So, um, yeah. So, anyway, that's how tsunamis work. And I don't, and even the, the person from the Washington Department of Natural Resources who, who, and I don't know why this is their purview, but she prefaced the press conference by saying, oh, no, this is not to panic anyone. It's like anyone who doesn't understand how water levels work, um, perhaps you, it, when you feel the earth move a bit, uh, race down to the water line as fast as you can and watch uh, and take selfies. Um, that was, uh, I forgot the name of the earthquake that, that flooded the Fukushima nuclear plant and all that. But there was a tsunami alert for Washington, Oregon, Northern California. And it was 12 hours. They said, in 12 hours, don't be down by the water. Be, be high above the water in 12 hours because it comes at whatever, 400 miles an hour, right? So, of course, some idiot died at Crescent City, California because he set his watch and said, well, I'll get on my photographic equipment and everything and uh, come down to uh, the water level in 12 hours. That'll be fun. And he was washed off the rocks and killed and the whole thing. I mean, I, I got I, I, I to say, don't die in a tsunami. Um, but if you do, I think here in Seattle, we have one of the best excuses. And that is the fault is like right there. And and so I wonder what it would do to a ferry. It's, it, it's funny because it's... It's not. It's not like Hollywood. It's not breaking like a surfing wave, and it's a hundred feet. It's a swell. It's a. It's a giant swell and an overall raising in the water rate or, or water water level. And if if you're in a boat, it just is sort of a rough sea. So if you're on a well, ferry, and the tough sell to completely repurposing like the pier or retrofitting buildings that have been around for decades to be secure from these types of events is. You have to do it to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars, and then the thing might not ever happen in the first place. You know what I mean? Like, I got we the don't feeling. know when the earthquake or the tsunami is ever going to hit. Yeah. So how do you rally people to go? Hey, this might not happen in our lifetime, but we need two hundred million bucks to, to. I got the feeling that it was uh, a precursor to a request for more money to reinforce the tunnel or whatever. Because because by the way, never mind the viaduct. Who wants to be in the tunnel? When the Great Seattle Fault has a 7.5. And I don't know what it's rated for. I don't trust it. Don't trust it a bit. But, m- man, you're you're under Elliott Bay when that earthquake happens. So, I, I just uh, here's my press conference. Uh, if there is a 7.5 earthquake on the Seattle Fault, uh, we're in for a spicy couple of weeks after that. You know what? Uh... uh Never what what gets lost in the in the kerfuffle is the Seattle Fault goes all the way, you know, through Mount Baker and all that, and it goes to Lake Sammamish. Mm-hmm. So if if there is a, a, a you know seven five or an eight, there might be a tsunami in Lake Sammamish, and it like go down the the slough, uh, hit Woodenville, you know the, the whole thing. <laughs> It would be a bad scene. No. No, I love the wine tasting. I don't drink wine, but I love the concept of it. Uh, anyway, it's going to be a bad local infrastructure weekend just because of the, the Mariner tsunami. And uh, and then just imagine that. If a 7-5 hits in the fourth inning 
And uh, and it's not Julio Rodriguez, is what he said in the uh, cheap appeal to Mariners fans. Uh, all right, back in a second, AM 770 KTTH. Um, and Putin's promise that Ukraine is heading for a tragedy, and if NATO wants any... NATO knows where to find Russia on the battlefield. Uh, back in what does he mean by that? What's the backstory on that one? Uh, back in a second, AM seven seventy KTTH. Let's get you to work with our right way traffic. AM seven seventy KTTH. Brian Suits here, and uh, tributes pouring in from former President Trump, uh, the the White House, uh, former President Obama, uh, Bush, anyone who interacted with. Uh, with uh, the former pre- uh, Prime Minister of Japan, uh, Shinzo Abe. Uh, Jens Stoltenberg of NATO uh, said, deeply saddened by the heinous killing of Shinzo Abe, defender of democracy and my friend and colleague for many, many years. Uh, he was one of the ones, um, by the way, that uh, said to the Japanese sub uh, defense stu- subcommittees, or, or of course they're all called self-defense subcommittees and and uh to to the minister of self-defense and all that uh he he said you know is it out of the realm of possibility to consider japan joining nato now that it's sort of more about freedom and the western idea of of democracy and and the whole thing that was several years ago uh now openly at the last nato summit uh, just last week uh, who was president Japan, uh, Australia, New Zealand, uh, who are there spying for China, uh, and and uh, and others. And and by the way, another another fun fact about Shinzo Abe. Another reason that the Chinese hated him is not just because of his family history, but but in present day, China is very busy trying to subvert democracy in Japan and in the Solomon Islands and the South Pacific. And in many cases, they're they're successful. Uh, in one case, on Okinawa, they're trying to foment discord amongst the Japanese people uh, to force the strategic American bases off of Okinawa, uh, whether it's an Air Force base or the Marine Corps base there. And uh, they they do it by, by dominating uh, newspapers in Okinawa. And they plant, uh, you know, explosive op-eds and, and the whole thing. And Shinzo Abe had he knows this, and he knows that he has to counter information to the China. He did, he, you know, he he retired in, in September September twenty one or of, of twenty, I should say, uh, uh, for health reasons. And he talked to some of the Japanese networks and said, "You know, I, I see what you're doing. You're purposely whipping up anti American sentiment on Okinawa, and you're you're making mountains out of molehills. The Americans are are, are Actually, if you talk to the people around those bases, they, they point out that the Americans are very hard on themselves. They're very good at the community and, and the whole thing. But you're only emphasizing the negative. Why is that? And a bunch of the networks said, well, China kind of told us if we don't start portraying the Americans as occupiers and invaders, they're going to kick us. They're going to close down our bureaus in Beijing. So we're not going to have access to anything happening in China. And that's how the Chinese operate. And, and Shinzo Abe, was a, he was one of the first prime ministers to say out loud, hey, um, time to rearm, you know, I'll, time to build ships that carry airplanes. You can call them flat helicopter carrier or whatever, destroyers with steel decks that the helicopters land on, whatever you want, but we got to start carrying our weight. Here's uh, Japan's current prime minister, Fumio Kishida, on the assassination of his predecessor. 
It is a barbaric act that took place during the election, which is the base of democracy. It is absolutely unforgivable. The government will take all possible measures. We are still in the process of saving Mr. Abe's life, so I would not touch on the political implications from this incident. I mean, that was right after he had been taken to the hospital, later pronounced dead. Yeah, and he he um uh, he was a friend of Obama. He was a friend of Trump. He golfed with Trump, and he understood that that what Obama did, the, the so called shift to the Pacific, uh, you know, couldn't have happened at a better time. When when Obama said they're going to start rotating a battalion of Marines through Australia, he said thank you, and then B ones the the um the uh, not persistent presence they changed that, but the flying b2 and b1 missions out of guam and australia is a big deal too and he's all for that and and he's like well where do i gotta sign where where do i gotta be a part of that he uh, spoke before congress in 2015 during the obama administration i was young in high school and listened to the radio there was a song that flew out and shook my heart it was a song by Carol King. <laughs> Didn't catch that, but uh, by by whom? He talked about being affected by a song uh, written and performed by Carol King. Oh, Carol King. And then at the end, he quotes a verse from it. It's the one that goes, uh, if you're down and lonely and you need someone... Like, think of me and I'll be there. And then he gets a big applause. He's trying to sound relatable to the joint session of Congress there. Yeah. And he's the only uh, Japanese politician to speak to a joint session of Congress. That was in 2015 under the Obama administration. Um, And uh, when reached for comment, Senator Schumer said, uh, Oshima Akamida Gambatine. What does that mean? I don't know. He didn't either. Oh. Um, And so the... Uh, we'll learn a lot, a lot more. But what, what, the simple explanation, which, which is why, uh, you know, I, I gotta say, I'm, I, I don't know that I, I take it at face value, but that the guy fashioned a double-barreled shotgun from just simple plumbing pipe, and there's plans on the internet. You can do that, and, um, and blah blah blah, gun ban, gun control, you know, and and the whole thing. It's, it's just that. You know, like I say, it's it's in the day in the in the age of social media, it's not just qui bono who who benefits; it's who celebrates. And Chinese social media is going crazy since since uh, it, it was confirmed that he's dead. Um, <clears throat> Weibo, the Chinese social media network, as well as comments on China Central TV and all that, hundreds of thousands. They had to shut down commentary because the Chinese government is so embarrassed by this. But but thousands, hundreds of thousands of comments, millions of, of Chinese on social media are, are saying time to celebrate. That's that's how much the Chinese hated Shinzo Abe and new a, a, a new, more uh, robust uh, Japan. And unless I missed it, we still don't know a lot about the killer in this assassination of Shinzo Abe. And the big question next is going to be, was this politically motivated? Are there bigger implications at play here? Or was this just a crazy person uh, with a few screws loose? Uh, time yeah. will tell. Oh, I know. So, <clears throat> the, the age, they, they said he's 41 and he's a prior Japanese Maritime Self-Defense Force member. 
and that he was unpleased with Shinzo Abe. And and uh, so I, I'm not sure what any of that added together means, but um, the, the you know Japan is so disarmed and all that firearms wise. Uh, he was just out there. Shinzo Abe was in the the city of Nara, which is on the the uh, Sea of Japan, um, uh, on the west coast of Japan, and uh, he's just out there uh, campaigning for a local politician uh, who's in his party, and so he has a lot of star power. A lot of a lot of Japanese. There are there are many Japanese. Many Japanese socialists that, that disliked and fought the idea that Japan should rearm for anything except self absolute self defense against Godzilla or whatever. But there's a lot of Japanese that are you know just can read the room and they're like, well, yeah, we're going to have to do this. I when when I worked out of uh, Djibouti as a private contractor, there were Japanese maritime self defense force P three crews there for the counter piracy thing. And that was a huge political deal. It was a UN mission. It, I mean, who's who's for pirates, right? Everyone is for counter piracy, right? And it was still a huge political issue. And and Shinzo Abe advocated for it as sort of a test balloon. And he said, "Ah, we're sending aircraft to fly out of Djibouti to find evil pirates, so that the Americans can drag them down and kill them in their sleep, you know, or or, or whatever." And but they were they were good chaps. They were they were good guys. Um, and and they were like, "Yeah, this is a natural place for the third biggest economy in the world is to be out here, you know, leading." But um, uh, so so anyway, it's a, it's a new Japan. So no matter what, and and I forgot, I the, the NPR deleted a tweet. National the 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 government radio that that you help fund <clears throat> um, deleted a tweet. Earlier, their their first pass at eulogizing former Japanese Prime Minister uh, Shinzo Abe was, quote, former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, a divisive arch-conservative and one of his nation's most powerful and influential figures, has died after being shot during a campaign speech. Uh, they deleted that. Um, so, uh, so anyway. But that kind of sentiment is indicative of a lot of American media this morning. The first sentence when mentioning this story is always, what a divisive figure Shinzo Abe was. And then why is it the case when America kills terrorists or evil dudes die abroad? It's always prominent political leader or religious uh, well, that was, yeah. teacher <clears throat> passes away. I want to say that it was the New York Times when, when, uh, when Fight Club, when Delta Force killed Abu Bakr Baghdadi. In, in, in Syria, the initial, the first pass headline from the New York Times was austere Muslim scholar. <laughs> and they took that down like within an hour. Though even they never put it up. But anyway, that's what happens on the weekends when the interns are running the Twitter feed. Uh, back in a second, AM 770 KTTH. Um, our uh, last hour includes reading your text. We'll check your text at 830. Uh, 800-465-8770, 800-465-8770, that and uh, another pass at local news uh, that's uh, happening this Friday morning. 